Hi everyone, I'm Karen Mandy and together with How Bright Can We Shine co-host Jane Boyd, we've been involved in training and development and helping people to help themselves for over 50 years. Earlier this year, we launched the How Bright Can We Shine community with a huge vision to bring together one million women who want to make a positive difference in our world through good deeds and projects. We believe that when women link arms to share their ideas, skills and resources, we become a formidable force for good. Every week, we want to provide you with content that will help you pursue your passion to make a positive difference in our world. This is the How Bright Can We Shine podcast. Deirdre is the um, host, the project host for the um, Message After the Mess project, which is a really important project for us on the site. And and um, and Deirdre is, uh, you know, kind of working very, very hard on that project. So over to you two. Hey, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, Jane. And thank you, Deirdre, for being with us this evening. I know how busy you are. So thank you for taking time out and being here this evening. Um, Thank you. I, I appreciate the fact that you're also taking the time to highlight this project because um, I do need the help and just having, you know, just actually seeing the, the, the faces around and the networking actually just makes me feel better. So pretty awesome. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. And we will make sure that this video goes out afterwards as well. So, I mean, we've got, well, some, we've got three amazing ladies in here, I can tell you now. But on top of that, we will also pass it out to the network. Um, okay. I just want to ask just a little bit about the, um, the project. Can you give us a bit more information about the project? Um, what is all about? What your long-term goal is with the project? Just so we've got a bit of background. Okay, so the project basically is it's for it's gender-based violence. It's it, it originally started as taking a stand against gender-based violence. Um, and then kind of morphed into the fact that there's just so much of it happening right now that uh, so many people really needed the help. So um, gender-based violence specifically in South Africa has been a big issue. It's always been a big issue. Um, that along with rape and that kind of stuff, it's a cultural thing and it happens. With COVID-19, it's honestly just highlighted it because because I think with people being at home and not going out to work, there were financial pressures, it's just escalated. Um, President Ramaphosa did actually, I think it was mid-July or August of last year, he highlighted, because there was that horrible incident of somebody being hung up in a tree, etc., highlighted that gender-based violence was an issue specifically during COVID-19. And... Um, earmarked and put aside funds. There was 500 million rand put aside for gender-based violence. And to date, I can't track down where any of this money has gone to. So things like police stations with rape kits. There's two different types of rape kits, if, you know, um, age-related. Under 16, there's a specific rape kit. Over 16, there's a specific one. And that's a whole... It, it's always about collecting DNA and etc. It's, it's basically from a criminal perspective. But then there was also money supposed to be set aside for helplines, for safe houses, 
Um, and it was a project that was supposed to be taken on by the Department of Social Development. And this, it just hasn't happened. We are, it, it hasn't happened. So I decided to take a stand against it. I wanted to make, just have a little bit more of a voice. I, I'd gotten behind the social grants issue towards the end of last year, um, just in terms of organizing petitions and, you know, actually just getting the message out there, which is what I started doing towards the end of last year. And what then ended up happening is I started realizing that there are women and children who are in desperate need of help. Um, it's, it's domestic violence. It's home-based. It's where your security is. It's where your money's coming from. You know, you don't have me just wake up tomorrow and your husband smacks you in the face. It's a, it's a build-up. There's emotional abuse that comes behind it. There's... Uh, financial, you know, holding on to it and whatever. And it just turned into the fact that we are now doing, um, last weekend, we assisted with 27 different cases from Friday night to Sunday night on women who don't necessarily, can't leave the home 100%, aren't going to get divorced. They're going to go back into the situation. But during that period of time, where there was lots of alcohol and, you know, the violence got whatever, they needed somewhere to go, even if it was for a night or two, kids are involved. Yeah, uh, it's, it's pretty much just gotten to a point where I'm still going to continue to, to push the drive through. Um, Action SA is a new political party that's come on the scene in South Africa. Um, I had a, a meeting with their leader, Herman Mashaba, two weeks ago. He's very interested in assisting with that and helping us with trying to, you know, get the finances through government. But I mean, it's all of these are longer term projects. And the problem that I'm having right now is, for example, it's the Easter weekend coming up and it just becomes a nightmare. I get that alcohol isn't going to be for sale from Friday to Monday, but that doesn't mean that everybody hasn't gone today and completely stocked up. And Easter weekends, long weekends, public holidays are my, they're critical. So it's kind of like a, a two-pronged thing. We're busy working on, on having a website put together so that all this information is readily available. Um, what gender-based violence does, you know, how it affects people, how bad it is in South Africa, etc. what we're trying to do. We've also gotten a helpline set up which we're trying to get out to as many people as possible via social media sites. But the biggest problem we're running into right now is it's me, myself, and I um, that's actually going out there to assist when someone's been beaten, raped, um, where there's been, uh, they've been kicked out of a house, someone's set fire to a kitchen, whatever the case may be. And we're battling a little in terms of that kind of assistance. And then... Also, just in terms of the fact that the police DNA database is stopped working in June of last year, uh, there's 17,500-something odd backlogged cases, rape cases, gender-based violence cases. So now the cops don't even care if they don't have a rape kit available because they're like, well, it's never going to go to court. This guy, you know, the person's never, ever going to... There's just going to be no justice. So we go to a government hospital to go and get this done, and the government hospitals are overloaded with COVID. So, yeah, we're running into some situations here. <laughs> Ooh, 
Okay, thank you, Deirdre. I know you're saying sort of at the moment that um, it's just you. Is that it? So when, when you get a call from somebody, um, what happens from that point? So when I say just me, I, I have got a database of um, trauma, trauma essays behind me. There's one or two other people, you know, trauma counselors. Uh, we've got a couple of safe houses that have been approved. So they're there. So I'll get a call. I'll go out. I'll get into my car. I'll drive out to wherever it is, assess what the situation is. Um, we try and call for police backup if we need to. It doesn't always work out. Um, I get a lot more assistance from the neighborhood, if there's a neighborhood, um, a neighborhood watch or community, that kind of thing. But a lot part of the time we're arriving in areas where it's taking the cops two, three hours if they even arrive. It doesn't even, so we don't, we don't even rely on that. Um, getting into that situation, calming the situation down, getting the family, the, even if it's just the, the lady or if it's children, um, into my vehicle, to a police station, um to lay a charge if there's been a you know rape involved to try and get a rape kit done um if the restraining order is necessary to try and get that pushed through uh then to a hospital if there's medical attention needed that hasn't been done a lot of the times um netcare 911 has been really good they'll come out um if i specifically need help on scene uh, the problem, though, with this is that if we get medical assistance on scene, by the time the person's been seen in an ambulance, um, and it's 3,000 rand for that to happen anyway, but then they've calmed down, then the, the guy who's committed the crime's calmed down, and then it's okay, no, she can come back inside and she can sleep and whatever. So always try and, I always try and remove first before we go into a situation where medicals, uh, you know, um, medical treatment is necessary. If it is, we do that. And then um, either safe house, we, 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 you know, contact safe house somewhere where they can spend the night, sleep, you know, sleep over because it's always the next morning then the decisions get made. Most of the time they go back. It's their family. It's the home. The husband's very sorry. He's sober. You know, whatever the case may be. Um, a large part of the time the ladies are leaving the houses without basics, you know, without a toothbrush, toothpaste, you know, a change of clothing, um, right now it's getting a bit colder, blankets, that kind of thing. And then if I'm taking someone to a safe house at 11 or 12 o'clock at night, they, there isn't food available. So like things like two-minute noodles or um, cup of soup, something that you can just make a real, just something that's, you know, a little bit... Uh, warming and whatever before you go to sleep so it's those kind of things that we're running into for right now the ideal situation would be perhaps be able to have a property put together specifically for this obviously with all the correct approvals where there are rooms and stuff available and i have a trauma counselor on site i have a rape counselor on site i'm able to do my own that the own rape kits and whatever, but that's a that's a that's a much longer term goal than what we are where we're at right now. Okay, so that that's kind of the long term vision, isn't it? So over the next year, that would be that's definitely something to aim for when we when you get funding available for that. Um, so just just a little bit of background, um, Deirdre. How did you actually get involved in this? 
Um, how did the project actually come about? What is your background um, relating to all of this? Okay, so um, I'm actually um, uh, a victim of gender-based violence. Um, uh, again, it's a situation where something doesn't just, you don't just wake up one morning and someone decides to hit you. Um, it's being in a relationship where over long periods of time there's um, um, emotional abuse. Um, I'm super talented, super smart individual, very independent, but over a period of time it gets run down about how useless you are, how you know nothing you do is right, blah, blah, and it, it carries on and then that turns into something physical and then it's always something you did wrong, um, something you said wrong, something you were wearing the incorrect thing and you spoke to someone incorrectly. Um, so yeah, and then had a very traumatic situation um, in terms of the fact that um, my ex-husband shot me. And um, so yeah, I've been yeah, <laughs> surviving through all of that and, and you know, getting all of that, getting things back on track. Um, then I was diagnosed with PTSD and I was put on medication, which helped for a little while, but all it did was just I, I kind of lost touch with everything. Everything just went numb. And I really didn't like the feeling. So I started investigating the different things you can do when you're dealing with things like depression, PTSD. You know, what what are the alternatives? I'm not saying take, come off your medicine altogether, not at all. But are there alternatives to not actually being in that space where you're just numb? So um, I have a, I put together a whole like a, a, I think it's 12 or 15 steps, pretty much like you get at AA, of things you can do when you're depressed or you're suffering from PTSD. And it's it's very simple things like take a shower and you make it either as hot or as cold as you want it to be and you don't have to wash, just stand under the water. Um, take your shoes off and go walk on grass. Have a cup of coffee outside where you're looking at, at the sky. Look, you know, have five things. Look at something, smell something, taste something, hear something. Um, have a body cream and make sure that you cover every single inch of your body in body cream. Make yourself something to eat. Don't just go to the fridge and, you know, take two teaspoons of peanut butter and hope that that's going to actually... So there's just have a playlist, put together a playlist of music. Um, exercise. Boxing has been a, quite a big thing for me. It was quite a, quite a thing that's definitely... Um, it, it gave me back some of my own self-confidence. But it also, for me, was so much more... I got more from boxing than I did from therapy, only because I'm not a talker, I'm a doer. So I don't like the talking part because I feel for myself personally that it's ineffective. Boxing, great. So I go in and and there's a problem and I look at the problem and I stick the problem on the bag and then I pummel the living daylights out of it and I feel better afterwards. So there were just there was a list of things. But in doing that, I started posting on social media. I started saying, this is what I'm going through. This is what's happening. Woke up at 3 o'clock this morning, had a panic attack. This is what I did. And I started getting people coming back, not even directly. It was like via messaging and, and whatever because my number was out. So I started getting WhatsApp messages. And I started getting a lot of people saying, I'm in trouble. I don't know what to do. 
how do I leave? So then I started putting together things like an escape with your, your escape package. Make sure you have a copy of your passport, you have your kid's passport, you have, um, you know, because, you know, a lot of the times things like bank accounts will suddenly be shut and you can't have access to money. But I started putting things like that together and then I started realizing that there was a problem um, and, it, and that it was big because I was getting anything between 30, 40 messages a day if I posted something. So then it started becoming, started investigating, well, where is everything going? You know, where do people go? What actually ends up happening? And then the more I got involved and the more I started helping, the more I started realizing I arrived at a police station and um, 67% of police stations nationally don't have senior rate kits and 92% of them nationally don't have a senior rate kit. So pretty much if you get rates today and you want to play a charge and make sure that this person actually gets justice, there's a pretty good chance that you're not going to get a rate kit done for, for you at the time. You're not going to get a, a statement taken by somebody who's going to care about what you've gone through. Um, and then it's pretty much not going to go to court and the person who's done this to you is just going to get away with it. And that's just, that's made me mad. It made me mad. So, yeah, that's pretty much the background. So you started, decided to do something about it. It's good for you, Deirdre. Um, yeah. I know I, that, I sorry, I, I know that um, we have some of our Shine members that are helping in the background. Um, we don't always see them, but um, the, I know they're helping with the website design, for example. Um, but what at this particular point in time, what would you say are the number one or two things that um, could really help you to move forward with the project? Or that, I mean, what is absolutely critical for you at the moment? The top one or two things that maybe Shine members could help in some way with? Unfortunately, I think I heard a comment earlier about, um, you know, people donating things and whatever. And that's awesome if you say to somebody, I need a blanket and they'll donate it. And unfortunately, we're not in that space yet where we've, you know, as you say, we've got the website thing happening and the phone and the um, helpline, um, the 24-hour helpline, the trauma guys, that stuff's all being worked out. Unfortunately, right now, it's, really, it's the funding because of things like a rape kit um, where we're, we're actually needing to go to a private hospital now to get it done. Um, I spoke to just him today and they're prepared to give me, if I put my own together, um, they're prepared to give me a 40% discount on the stuff that I can buy from them. And then we put the rate kits together and then we literally can take that into a doctor somewhere and say, okay, we've got everything. We just need you to actually do the procedure. So it's, it's that kind of thing. It's funding. And then, as I say, it's it's when you're picking up people in the middle of the night, it's, it's getting the day, it's control. It's uh, trying to, right now, my phone, like the, the helpline isn't up and running um, like it should be. So we're relying on cell phones. So it's airtime, it's data, it's petrol. So we could do, obviously, do with the donations in terms of um, toothpaste, 
toothbrushes, blankets, just basic necessities for if someone isn't has to leave their home in a hurry and isn't is going to only be gone for a, a couple of hours or a couple of days. But unfortunately, right now where we at is we need money and it's not a it's not a hell of a lot but when you don't have any of it it's a problem and um yeah i'm, I'm sitting at a situation now where we're heading into easter weekend there's going to be drama i can see it coming and i don't know how i'm going to help this weekend because i'm flat i don't have anything left so um it, I'm, it's a bit stressful can, can i it's ask a you thing because People tend to prefer to, and I agree with it, people tend to prefer to give a blanket or find second-hand clothes or it's much easier than saying to somebody, so um, I need 2,000 Rand, could you put 2,000 Rand in my account so I go to discount to go buy, you know, it, it's it's a more difficult ask in terms of that. So I think that's what we run into with that right now. I don't think that it's going to be like that for a long time because as soon as we have a space set up, and the phone line set up and, you know, that kind of stuff. There's somewhere where people can drop things off. So we're trying to get into that space. And then also there's a website available where our nonprofit number is there. People are able to go and have a, a read or they can do a donation on a site where they feel more comfortable that they're not being ripped off or their money's not being, not being taken for something else. So all of these things are in the background, as you say. We're, we're working towards that. It's just more that right now, the, the critical stuff is we still have the day-to-day -day nonsense that's happening. Okay. Thank you for that, Deirdre. I'm well. sorry to cut in. I've just, I'm going to have to go. I've just got an emergency call on the line. So okay. I need to yeah. this. Thank, All right. Thank Lots you of so love, Deirdre. Thank you, Deirdre. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Hope thank it goes you. well. Bye. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye. 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 Bye.